0: This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space Space researchers, researchers. Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. (laughs) But now, with soul in the shorts Hook another lucky trout, HG. Yes, uh, TF Much, Cedric Esped, SUP AO. Torching the
1: blindside blue paper once again. That's the Dally M madness. And uh, I was only speaking to my colleague about the Dally M's. They're over two big nights. Uh, I think his comment was they haven't talked to me so far this year and I think that's the same for me. I didn't realise they were over two big nights. I think they deal with fullbacks on the first night and the rest of the crew on the rest of the nights. It's that sort of year. Uh, fullbacks have dominated, and the Dalliums, are, uh, you know, usually I'm champing at the bit to get my teeth into the Dalliums, take a lot of multis, all that sort of stuff. Coach of the Year, you know the history of us with Coach of the Year. We've won an absolute fortune on it because people ringing up all the time, they just ring up, they don't do anything, they just say, Bellamy, when he's in the frame. So the Dalliums are coming in. Anyway, the Festival of the Boot Fever, as you can see, uh, and the all-consuming craving. Uh, from the women, win at all costs Sumster, camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof booth cave at ABC Grandstand, well, in the formerly Olympic HQ, now Rugby League HQ, obviously. And happy Rugby League again, Australia. And happy Rugby League to all you cave dwellers out there under the dooners. Now, and in a blindside exclusive and following the Valanders' call for calm at the top of the 2021 Granny Watusi Week, The Bludge highlights our great whistleblowers rather than to the teams, the stars, the Dallium or the Brownlow medal winners. Now, Ashley Klein was sensational last night in the Furby Feathers uh, rumpers at Suncorp. Sure, he left a player who's completely concussed, uh, run around for a while, but everybody liked it, you know, headless chook style, and then gradually came to his senses and got that bloke off, but the rest of the performance was first class, first class from Ashley. And uh, for the Storm v. Panthers hit out at 4 p.m. Eastern this afternoon. The big man is back. The big man with the very big sound. I'm talking, of course, of Jared Sutton. Yes, he's back. We loved his work last week. I think it was Para v. Um, Penrith. And so he's got the nod for the Storm v. Panthers hit out uh, this afternoon and I took a peek at Suts at training during the week. The tweets were coming out beautifully, but this bloke is not a one-trick pony on the blow. He's the complete package. The positioning, the hand gestures, the pointing, the control, and the all-important authority Ah, No, he's got the lot. Incidentally, he spent at least 40 minutes after the regular session with the other, you know, referees, practicing his pointing at the bin, his gesturing on report and getting the send-off hand signal just right. It's the attention to Detail that makes Genial Jared one of the greatest uh, and simply the best. Uh, knowing the media were present after the session, he turned out a superb version of the William Tell overture on the Acme Thunderer. You know the etc. Um, look, it finished up with everybody's shorts around the ankles. It was an afternoon I, I didn't expect much, but bloody hell, I'll never forget it. And in the balance of uh, well dual codism, let's shine a light. A spotlight, that is, uh, shine a spotlight on those on the blow at tonight's AFL granny. I, I don't know who's playing, but the headline acts are in the whistleblowers and heading up the panel in charge of the airfare, fair is 400-gamer Matt Stevich. Now, we know Matt can take a bump. I remember he was the one uh, Toby Green tried to flatten. But he, he stood his ground and was terrific in that uh, encounter. He'll be running around with the best in the business, Brett Rosebury, and on debut, the AFL's loudest whistleblower, Jacob Mollison. Uh, the CSIRO come to training the other day and uh, declared Jacob was the loudest. Uh, they had that, you know, sound level measuring de- team device they've got and the team was all there. My mail is there'll be a special emphasis on incorrect disposal in tonight's Optus Oval affair in Perth. Incorrect disposal, so look for that. Running the curve at Optus, uh, the first-timer at granny level, Michael Barlow. Uh, He's been out there 65 times, so no stranger. In company with the lively big three, and these are all record breakers, Michael Marantelli, 261, Christopher Gordon, 301, and Matty Konechka, 212. No strangers, as I mentioned, to this level or to the pressure of the big one. And between the big sticks... On the flags, uh, the people's pointers, the very popular duo of Steve Axon, 269 appearances, and his fellow on the point, uh, Stephen Williams, uh, 225. They're excellent. They're excellent. You know, you're in safe hands if you've got a team in the the stink uh, this afternoon with all that helping you out. Now, rugby league trainers and run on, um, you know, well, should I say, I was going to say ruin a game of rugby league, but I don't think that's right. I'm talking, of course, uh, of uh, Penrith v. Parra last weekend when uh, Parra were in attack, but uh, the ref, who remains nameless, whose name I've forgotten already, I know who it is, but I'm not telling you, uh, decided to stop the play because a trainer had run on in a fairway back play, meaning about 50, well, bugger, he was 150 metres away, uh, to help a player who looked as though he was in a bit of trouble. Now, this... Move by the ref with the whistle, uh, rob the attacking side, the eels at that particular moment in the game, of momentum at a very crucial stage because I think there was a try in the offing. <laughs> That's what I smelt, a try in the offing. <laughs> Certainly uh, it uh, smelt like a try to me. Now, we need a probe, and Volandis is the man to head it up, and, uh, you know, with someone from, I'm asking for someone from the PMO's office because they know how to probe. That lot, they, sure, they don't come up with many results, but their probing is first class. That Eels and Panthers uh, stink last weekend was an old-fashioned battle of defence which wound the clock back for mine to 1986 and the trainers' grand final played out between the Eels and the Dogs again 4-2. Last Saturday, a compelling match. A compelling match. It was a thumping, bumping, dumping special with all the grunt and uh, poke up front you could possibly want. It was a great game. It made the season almost worthwhile. Uh, Back to the AFL uh, uh, last Sunday, uh, the Brownlows and what a night. The Mayor that is, uh, Lord Mayor, Basil, did not let us down in the Echuca Express. Port Power's Ollie Wines was a worthy winner. But there were complaints after the big vote-off that winners are still players who play their trade in the midfield where they get noticed. And while not disagreeing with the result for one moment, in the modern era, is it too much work for umpires to keep tally of the Brownlow votes and, you know, obviously stay on top of, uh, you know, in the back, incorrect disposal and holding the ball, let alone working the levers for the BNF? Now, I'll just let that stay there. And there is a suggestion that often a player who has a crucial role to play in the game is overlooked in the avalanche of midfielders who get all the big votes. And the frocks, what a night for the frocks. It was great to see a wonderful display of Australian fashion and a special mention for the umpire's wags who were sadly missing again on the red carpet action. I don't know what the AFL has got you know, against the uh, partners of uh, umpires, but uh, I think there has to be a probe. Scriptwriters needing an idea for the third act. Hot bunking, sub, uh, hot bunking submariners looking forward to months at sea. Carpet layers working the Axminster min- ax and painters looking at nudes, hoping for inspiration. Welcome to bludging on the Blind Side. H.G. Nelson here opening the dig for another set of seven, What a week. What an incredible week, a week when too much sport is barely enough. Rugby Union and the coach of the Golden Nutty Boys, Dave Rennie, produced another telling miracle, a thrilling win for a nation desperate for some good news, and they got it. They got it. good news and hope, hope, that's right, old-fashioned hope from our old gold fruit and nut frontier. Uh, It was a beautiful block on F&A that uh, Rennie produced, unwrapped, uh, now, the Tune Gold 30, Springs Box 17. And apologies for in during last week's uh, show, I may have mentioned the wrong day for that match, but uh, I know all fans will have realised the error and tuned in, dialed it up, uh, because uh, nut merchants know when the games are on. Now, Matilda's and Sam Kerr's 100th appearance in the green and gold was not a happy occasion. Our match went down to Ireland... That's right, Ireland, hard to imagine, 3-2. Supercoach Gustafsson said the Australians were not, wait for it, hungry enough. That's tech talk for being lazy, I take it. And the Irish wanted it more. Hard to imagine the Irish wanting anything more than an Australian. Uh, Aussies fired up by the promise of Australia. Tremendous to have you with us as we prod forward through the soddenly backed up stoolage of the week's sporting action. Remember to step up and have a go. To get a go. And if you had a got something, then get in the queue for another go. And Australia will get there eventually. And when we're there, we'll know we're there because we'll be there. You won't have to ask, are we there yet? Because we're there. So you can settle down in the back there. And remember, there's no safer place uh, to attend a funeral in Australia. Uh, Well, than in Australia. I mean, if somebody's dropped off the twig at your place, you're in very safe hands. You can start planning now. Now, to get the blowin' side barge away from the wharf, let's lock horns with the man who is presenting his season-ending rugby league songs of praise and redemption at the venue formerly known as Lotto Land, aka Brookie Oval, starting at 7:30 a.m. tomorrow morning. This is the 59th ecumenical service that is a regular feature of Grand Final week and provides an opportunity for followers of all rugby league faiths to come together for a morning of fun for the whole family. It's a family affair. The selection of tunes in 2021 includes the Cronulla Shark song, Bon Jovi's Our House, What's My Team by the Hootie Gurus, and to help mend the fractured Aussie-Franco relationships. And, you know, it's it. I, ha- I hate saying this, but is it up to Rugby League to solve all the world's problems? I mean, we're going to have a go at mending uh, Aussie-Franco relationships uh, tomorrow with a version of Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? I'm sure... Macron and others will be listening. Also on the cards, we are one done in seventy-two languages. And I want to have a beer with Cameron. A rewrite of the slim dusty classic, featuring one hundred and twenty-seven rugby league players that Slim, if he was still with us, would love to have a beer with. Uh, the band laying down the hot licks tomorrow is a festive five featuring the twenty twenty-one NRL Tribunal All Stars. Out front on the agony stick, Bulldog Adam Elliot. On bass, one half of the rooftop two Josh Dugan, recently retired. The bearded cupboard, Jared Wallace, is tinkling the ivories. On the horn on loan from the AFL is the GOTY Toby Green. Special guest on the 12-string nylon acoustic axe is the maroon rabbit with an interest in exotic dance steps, Jai And up the back, on the drum, drumstool, stirring the soup, the toaster New York, Matthew Lodge. So it's a hot five. It's just fantastic. When you hear them, I mean, I, I heard them at rehearsal. They were accompanying the... Um, Jared Sutton on these William Tell Overture. They just blew me away. Now, Turbo Tom will be reading the parable of yeast from the Bible. That's the Rugby League week of June 1992. The wonderful story about how a half a loaf of sourdough fed the whole team for a season, that's in the Gosford area, uh, during the 1918. And those who know their medical history will realise that was a year of the Spanish flu in Australia. Conducting the Songs of Praise and Redemption service is the voice of hope. That's right, the very reverend voice of hope I'm talking about, the roaming reverend, rampaging Roy Slaven. Roy, can we get the bludging on the blindside bunny in motion simply by asking what highlights caught your eye, your, should I say, your restless eye this week? Fully set, go!
2: Thank you very much, uh, HG Nelson, and the happy rugby league. HG and happy rugby league to uh, all uh, decent Australians. And speaking of decent Australians, it's very good to see the, uh, the coal man strutting his stuff overseas. Uh, This message to the United States and to the world, really, through the United States, of um, getting it done. (laughs) I think that's resonated. That's resonated throughout the entire world, as nearly as I can tell.
1: Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what it is. We're getting
2: it done. Let's get it done. Mm. Come on, world. Let's get it done. You certainly impressed uh, Speaker Pelosi with that talk, who... She was a bit blown away. She, she thought she was with a mad greenie there for a time. She didn't know where to look. She didn't know where to look, didn't know no. what to say, just, oh, mm.
1: oh, you're doing this
2: much, what? Mm. We're getting it done. We're getting it done. Mm. When by? Mm. Really? And this was backed up, of course, by the, uh, the Deputy Prime Minister, who's the Acting Prime Minister back in Australia, who, uh, as nearly as I can tell, has made a pivot here. I know, went off-piste. We're, went off-piste. And as mm. nearly as I can tell, the National Party has always been for zero emissions by 2020. Last year, I mean, talk about rewriting history here.
1: How far has he pushed the button? I oh, don't know, twenty-seven. What's been holding them back? <laughs> the Greens. I a man.
2: That's right. Man, it's a bit hard. It's a weird world we're in at the moment. A weird world, and this often happens when you've got a rugby league grand final. You know, just a week away and you've got an AFL final happening on this day. Weird weird things happen. I know. Festival of the boot. Festival of the boot brings out the madness. I know. But all we know is we're getting it done. (laughs) I'm getting it done.
1: You're getting it done. (laughs) Bludge is getting it done. Australians, you're getting it done.
2: I tell you who is getting it done, and we'll dwell on this hopefully if we've got time sometime today... This is Basil's, Basil's, call for a minute's applause during the first quarter of the big dance. I know. I mean, I this know. is going to, re- I mean, I think the idea is a simple one, that uh, at some stage during the first quarter, play stops, everybody stands, that is the 50,000 or 60,000 people stand, and applaud to thank the fans
1: on the east coast and the rest of Australia, you can't be there. That's right. 20, uh, sorry, it's 20 minutes, 21 seconds. 20 minutes, a... 21 seconds. Get that, it, 2021? Oh, that's beautiful. I oh, know. it's sort of through
2: Th- that's Basil. He's getting it done. He's getting it done, all right. Lord yeah. Mayor of Perth. Yeah. Lord Basil. Lord Basil. And he's t- terrific. Well, you might have alluded to this. Well, not right. Really you alluded. You said it. He did a great job with the Brownlows. I
1: know. He and
2: Hammer. Yeah. He and Hammer Hamish. Oh. I think he calls him Hamish that's right. He does. I had to yeah. think about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home. Yeah, Haim. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mm. I love that. Haim yeah. and Basil. Mm. Look, they brought it home. They got the job done. They did. They, they did. really got it done. Yeah. Were,
1: seven would have been at all at sea if Haim oh, and I had no, Basil. No. Yeah, there. It had
2: a beginning, a long, long middle, yeah, and it had an end. Yeah. And all the way through was Haim and Basil mm. bringing it home, getting a job, getting that job done. What a week. <laughs> Now, New Zealand has cancelled its tour of Pakistan. Don't know why. England has cancelled its tour of Pakistan as well. I mean, cricket is is really in a weird space at the moment. I noticed that uh, Afghanistan has stopped any broadcasting of the IPL because apparently there are sometimes women in the crowds, which can offend some. So that's a weird thing.
1: It is. Isn't it? And... Now, two things. Matthew Hayden, is he still coach of Pakistan? Well, he's helping with the...
2: Yeah, I don't know. But but who are they going to be playing? Exactly. If no one's going to be and there. And Australia's do not Do they going? still need Haydos? I hope Haydos just doesn't go over and he's got nothing to do. Mm, that'd be, I mean, nightmare. be Very hard to get the job done when there's no one there to get the job done with. We're... But if anyone can get the job done, it'll be Hayda.
1: And if no one's there, he'll still get he'll the job He'll still done. get the job Of
2: course, he'll get that job done. Matthew Hayden. Now, speaking of getting the job done... Manny Pacquiao, remember him? He was the chap that was beaten by the fighting primary school teacher here mm-hmm. a couple of years ago.
1: Never encountered a primary school teacher no, before? No, he never fought
2: a primary school and teacher before. It can be a shock the first time you come up against a primary school teacher
1: because you, your expectation
2: is push out. great. Yeah, no. you think push out, you know, chalk. Hold him up. Yeah, rubber, that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Hornet came out and uh, really... Stung him. Yeah, performance of his lifetime. Uh, anyway, uh, the man the uh, Hornet beat, the primary hunting primary school teacher, uh, that's Manny Pacquiao, is to run for
1: president of the Philippines. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? A boxer. A boxer, yeah. World leader. World Will the, he join the quad and make it a quin?
2: Ah, well, I don't. Think, I don't think we need anyone in the quad at the moment. I think the quad's four. I don't think oh. we have a quad plus one. I don't think that's going to work. Oh. But if they want to, oh, a new thing, yeah. New thing.
1: That you'll get the job done. Look, the quad's going to get the job done. We know that. I don't know if the quad's
2: ever going to meet again. No. I think that's it's that's my it problem, problem the quad. It was a great idea to begin with. You know, let's the four of us sit together. Oh, okay, let's call ourselves, oh, there are four
1: of us. Let's call ourselves a quad. I know. Remember, of course, they decided to do this after the tsunami in Aceh. Yes. Which is going back some time. Going back some time, yeah. It might have been Boxing Day in about 2003. Well, yeah that's when I'm the quad quad was born. Yeah. One meeting. One meeting. My, but I got the job done.
2: Yep. Uh, now, Tim Zhu, he used oh, yeah, to take on Japan's uh, Takashi Inone. That's on the Gold Coast in November. Can't wait.
1: No, that's got me.
2: That's got me really interested. I've taken a few bets already. I know you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm encouraging as many kids as I can speak to to get involved and,
1: you know. Think about it.
2: Think about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, get, get, your, the get your money on. And uh, if it's not legal for you to do it, speak to your parents. See if they'll act on your behalf. Or there might be an uncle or someone or a neighbour who can act in loco parentis in this regard. Mm. I think that's possible. Not a big deal. No big deal. Just, uh, you say know, if you $5. see a neighbour, say, can you put, uh, you know, say, 20 bucks on on Tim for us? If that's all right, he's the 10. Yeah, can you do it? Great. Now, uh, David Warner, H. I'm wondering if David Warner is at a career crossroads. Is old father time... On the dressing room door, uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. it might. It does go quick. It in some does place, go quickly with some. Yeah. yeah,
2: maybe I don't know. Maybe Matthew Hayden could speak with him.
1: What a lovely idea! Just
2: to just to reach out.
1: Now are they in they Qatar? know each
2: other well. Are they, they in
1: Qatar at the moment? I Is think that, they are. Yeah, do you think that
2: could are. be? A, yeah. A chat but over a uh, nice
1: uh, martini or something like that.
2: Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think Davy Warner had a couple of months off, to refresh himself and came out and didn't really trouble the scorer at all. No,
1: he didn't trouble the scorer at
2: all. No, blot. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: the, he not got a the good job start. done with regard to scorer. Yeah. Now, uh, Michael
2: Voss is appointed the coach of the Carlton Football Club, mm-hmm. HG, uh, and I know the Carlton Football Club. Is very close to you. And I, know, I, I noticed in the context of the Carlton Football Club that a former president, John Elliott, left us this no, week. week no, a big
1: week for Carlton people. Very big week for Carlton people, yes.
2: John he was Elliott. a very successful president of uh, He was. The they, had, they won they a few wins. flags. They had, they had
1: a couple yes. of flags within there. Sadly. Um, I know,
2: the wheels came off. I know, yeah, he the had wheels to move on.
1: Because, you know, yeah. John did things that the AFL generally Well, wasn't he broke the pre- mould. Yeah, broke the mould. Thanks very he much. He broke the mold he? Got, he? The job he got the job done. He got the job done. Of got the Job done.
2: Uh, anyway, Michael Voss is insisting he's been a Carlton man all his life, which I find very hard to believe. Mm. I suppose you've got to say these things, you know, when you've. I think when, it's you, for, when, you, when you made coach, yeah, you know, I mean, if they made me coach of Carlton, well, I didn't even think of putting my hand up. But anyway, if if they did, <laughs> if they said, Roy, do you want to? I'd say, yeah, I've been a Carlton man all my life. I'm born and bred Carlton. Um, I'm happy to happy to put in, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And
1: then they'd ask you about a great moment, and you'd yeah. say, well, you know. Yeah, I'd,
2: I'd say too many great moments.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know,
2: every time that's Carlton runs out, is a great moment. Next question. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, here's a sobering bit of information, is she? Winks has turned 10 last week. Whoa. Winks, 10 years old.
1: And the stand, Yeah. any mail on the stand? No, no, no mail on the stand. I think it's October the 16th. The well, stand I want to is.
2: see the stand up before Winx goes.
1: Yes. Because yes. I
2: want Winks there to see the stand.
1: Uh, well, Winks wants to see the job done. I, I know. I know. Mm-mm. God, didn't Winks get
0: the job done? Mm. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now, a wonderful week for the greatest game of all, as you've mentioned, HG. Of course, Penrith, they were fined $25,000 for that move last week, uh, holding up the game and frustrating Parramatta while they were on the attack. And their trainer, that is Pete Green. He's the orange trainer. There's an orange trainer and, and a, blue a blue trainer. A blue trainer, sorry. Yeah, well, the orange—that's Pete Green, Green the Orange Man, not mm-hmm. the Blue Man. Um, he's warned off. He, he's he he's, ba- he's banished for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season, yeah. he's banished. Not today, yep, yep, or yep, yep. not next week. Don't, he can't be Should anywhere near it? the sideline. Yeah. Closest he can get to the game is in the car park,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's fair enough. Now, the Tigers Club Review has come in. This review I've been waiting for for so long. And the review was, uh, well, the review is claiming that everything's tickety-boo uh, with the West Tigers, which is a great relief to West Tigers fans to know that everything's as good as it could possibly be. Uh, therefore, uh, Madge Maguire will be staying on as coach, because why would you change things when it's working so well?
1: I know it was a baffling it, result. It was
2: a baffling result, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, I wasn't expecting it, but I'm relieved to know now that everything's fine. Yeah. I did worry. I did worry. Those I, those I thought things. they were going to say make changes or you know let's let's uh, restructure this. Let's uh, maybe get put some our, new players. Let's, let's put our centre of excellence somewhere near where the players live. Yeah. That sort of thing. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to leave the centre of excellence a million miles away. That means nothing to anyone. Uh, but it's doing the job. It's getting the job done. So full marks to that inquiry. Now, uh, Broncos CEO Dave Donahue, gee, we don't hear much of Dave Donahue Donahue these days, do we? No. Uh, In fact, Dave Donahue, I've never heard a word out of Dave Donahue. I don't know how long he's been in the job. How long has he been with the Broncos? Who knows? Anyway, he shuffled out this week uh, saying that um, uh, the players, that is the Broncos, now understand how disappointed he is in their behaviour. What does that mean? I don't know. That's the first thing I've ever heard Donahue say. It's a weird thing to come out with, isn't I it? Just held you just tell the seen press seen conference, hello, uh, who are you? Dave Donaghy. Who are you? CEO of the Broncos. For how long? Next question. I just want to make this comment. Oh, yeah, what's that, Mr Donaghy? Look, I'm very disappointed and the players understand how disappointed I am in their behaviour.
1: Is that on-field, that off-field? That was it.
2: No more questions. See you later. All the best. See you next year. Uh, now, the Storm are offering free membership in 2022.
1: is Isn't that great? I know. That's fantastic. That's a
2: brilliant, and that's a real thank you to the fans, yes. uh, especially those members who haven't had a game to look at for, for some so time. long now. Yeah. Like, two seasons. <laughs> and they didn't get any of their money back. No. Even though there was nothing to look at. <laughs> great your idea. Membership meant nothing. You, you just, you know, are you a member of the Storm? Yeah. Show us your card. Oh, it's great. What do you get for it? Nothing. Well, i got a card. Well, now it's going to cost them nothing. I wonder how many... I I suppose there'll be a big membership drive. Uh Uh-huh. Which would be a great idea.
1: Do you think many Storm members will be thrilled by Basil's tip of the hat to them at uh, 20 minutes, 21 seconds into the match today? I'm sure they will.
2: Yeah? Uh, I'm sure that'll resonate resonate with everyone. (laughs) Everyone will be saying, thank you very much, Basil. Now, Billy Slater is made uh, the coach of the Maroons... Um, and he has a clear message, a very, very clear message. Didn't I, I wasn't expecting this from, uh, from Billy Slater, but anyway, here is the message. The players have got to do it my way. Oh, right from the very start. Right from the start. That was the first thing he said. He just held a press conference, hello, yes, I've got the job, I'm now the Maroons coach and they're going to do it my way. Any other questions? No, didn't think so. All right, I'm off. See you next year. And we're going to win because they're going to do it my way. Make of that what
0: you will. There's a new noise in rugby league cheese this season. Try the creamy tamalolo brie or the fruity cronk gorgonzola from the master Melbourne cheesemaker, Jesse Bromwich. Details at your nearest League Cheddar outlet on Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, coming
1: to the uh, the big one today... Uh, the We've established 2021, that's 20 minutes, 21 into the first quarter. Basil's asking everyone in the stadium, that's 60,000 people plus, to stand for a minute. I don't know who's doing the timing, but that's a separate issue. Basil's obviously got that under control and applaud. This is Basil, quote, a nod to our friends around the country who are doing it tough and to let them know we're with them in this difficult time. Mm. Yep. Uh, yep. Now...
2: Yeah, it's a lovely gesture,
1: isn't it? Yeah, Basil's got 20,000 Twitter followers and he said, let's do it, W.A., yeah. Then he came back later in the day and uh, obviously yeah. following the backlash, as you can understand. Oh, well, there was blowback, was there? Yeah? Yes, quite a lot. The tweet prompted immediate backlash from fans yeah. with many hundreds of comments laughing off the proposal. I found that offensive myself. Yes, yes. Uh, the overwhelming amount of replies to 7 AFL's Twitter post on the same subject were completely against the idea. Then Basil bobs up on the footy show grand final eve telethon. Right. I don't know I didn't get a final figure on that if somebody no. did have a figure on no, that was, I'd love to this know
2: must have been held in Perth
1: held in Perth yeah, yes yeah. so f- footy show grand final leave telethon yeah to promote the idea right when asked if the gesture was still going heads uh, Lord Basil said, I think we are. I realise it's been received in a mixed way, but let me tell you the intention is pure. The intention was just to show everybody around the country that we're thinking of them yeah. and that we're with them and we know uh, they're not doing it as well as we are over here, meaning in WA. Oh,
2: okay, yes, yes. And if
1: we can lend a hand and lend some, lend some support, yep. that's all. Nothing more complicated than that. Now, he went a bit far with the boat on the lender hand and led some support. Mm. I just think people applauding. People see it for what it is, just people applauding. People
2: applauding, yeah.
1: And, uh, but we're thinking of everybody in Victoria. Yeah. Well, what, what's wrong with New South Wales?
2: Yes, yes. Anyway. B- b- was uh, On this uh, telethon, HG, was
1: was Ham of would have been there, you know, doing things and yeah. a lot of the Do we know how stars. Haim, the hammer,
2: feels about the applause? Is he No, pro, I've got no. Or? No.
1: No, I don't know whether he wants to get the job done or not. Right. Um,
2: okay, because if it had the support of Hane,
1: it would be entirely different. Entirely matter. different
2: matter. Because yeah. those
1: two are great double act. But they are. Now, mm. uh, <clears throat> they did something on Triple M on his breakfast show mm. and they just kicked it around in the studio. Why don't we all stand up at 20 minutes, 21 seconds in the first quarter? It was an organic idea.
2: Organic, right.
1: Or an organic idea. It's yeah. uh, just stand politely applaud. There's obviously been through the reasons why. Yeah. Uh, we're. It's nothing more complicated than that, really. Now. Yeah. Can uh, One of the radio announcers in Perth said, it's truly the most tone-deaf idea I've ever heard of. Mm. I bet people voting yes are from WA. Heart's in the right places, but please don't do this. It's cringeworthy. Cringeworthy. Mm. Now, can I just raise something? I know, and I know this is a difficult matter, yeah. <clears throat> but you've been a big advocate for the million pants burn-off for world peace. Yes. A proposal that has um, yeah. fallen on, you know, for lack of support in yes. recent times. deaf
2: definitely is. There was blowback.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The million pants burn-off for world peace. I'm just wondering if if I approached Basil, yeah. would you accept him as the face of the burn-off?
2: Look, I, I think we can find a compromise here, HG. I, I think the, the idea of uh, the 60,000 people standing for a minute and applauding, look, it just doesn't go... Far enough. Far does. enough. No, it's
1: not a commitment. If to the
2: 60,000 people all stood up, took their trousers off and burnt them for a minute, then I think that would send a positive signal. Far more positive yeah. single, signal signal. Uh, y- especially y- if they burnt them, instead burnt them with them on, wearing them, saying, We can feel your pain.
1: That's a beautiful idea. It's a much better that's idea, a, isn't fantastic. it? fantastic. And I think what should happen is ushers should be nearby. With, oh, well, with hoses? Well, and <laughs> cans of lighter fluid to get the Levi's jeans going. The thing that I thought you were going to suggest, which mm. would have been a lovely touch as well, mm. is to throw the burning pants onto the arena. Now, remember, oh, of that's course, a it's lovely night. I just,
2: dude, it's I not. I hadn't thought of that at all. No. Okay. At that moment. 2021. 2021, 2021 yeah. in, the, in the match, everybody stands takes their trousers off, removes the underpants, set fire to the underpants, hurl the underpants.
1: Now you're talking.
2: Onto the field. Onto the field. Yeah. The burning Mm. underpants. Can you imagine 60,000 pairs pairs of of underpants underpants burning? I
1: I tell you what, world peace would be within our grasp. Well,
2: it certainly sends a message, it would doesn't get it? Get the job done. Yeah, it would get the job done, and and people on the east, us to eastern seaboard, us, you know, stuck in our gloom, would look would out, put a you know bit of a smile on our I face, know. wouldn't look, it? It really would back us up, and we think we think, oh, those people in the west, they they're, really
1: care. They're putting in for they're us. They're putting
2: in for us. Look they're, at that. Look at that. Thank you,
0: Basil. <laughs> The Bludge is fully supportive of referees who put the game ahead of themselves and don't just blow to pull focus. This is Bludging on the Blind Side.
1: Now, speaking of following on that from that bit of production, I one thing I wanted to suggest at no, a break with tradition that at the grand final today, it's not too late to affect this, a uh, run-through for the umpires. Now, I know run-throughs have become controversial... Ooh. Very controversial, but usually they carry Mm. something like, you know, we're from the West, we're in the West, we must be the best sort of idea for the dogs. I haven't worked on McDemons one, but that's... These are usually heartfelt messages made by the fans. Correct, correct. And I I realised the Bulldogs had taken on board a writer who wrote theirs until he... Richard
2: Flanagan, someone like that. Richard
1: Flanagan, until he got a bit controversial and had to be fired from the job of writing the... Right. (laughs) Writing the slogans. Yes. Now... The umpires, I don't think it has to be a huge one, maybe half the size of a normal because there's so mm-hmm. few umpires to run through. Yeah. But I was just wondering if you would work up a slogan to be sent over uh, to be prepared yeah. on the banner which said something like, we've come to blow, enjoy the show. That's nice. And so this would give yeah. an elevated... Yes. Reception yep. to the umpires running into the yeah. stadium this afternoon. Yeah, it's a lovely idea. Because, again, they were forgotten on Monday night. They're always forgotten. Mm.
2: Yes, yes. Have not you run, night now have you run this it. idea past Basil or, are you, or not?
1: No. I Look, I think Basil got his hands full. Yes. Because I think that, uh, you know, to coin a phrase, the underpants burn-off could mm. take off like wildfire <laughs> <Yes>. and <laughs> really consume all his time. <laughs> yes, Cause I
2: understand. I think
1: yeah. some people may turn up to the football commando style, and so he'd be providing oh, them with underpants well, they have to burn at the door. their socks or something. Oh, just, well, you just got to burn something, haven't you? Well, I, I, there's something attractive about the underpants. Oh,
0: I think there is too. Yeah. <laughs> You're camped on the blind side. The tent flaps are flapping, and you need a big stink from Roy and HG.
1: Roy, how do you think it's gone in the West? They've, they've certainly tried to pull out all stops, haven't they? Mm. Admittedly, there's very few places where 60,000 people can gather yes. in Australia at the moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. the, I'm not sure that how many can fit into Adelaide. I think it's only 50,000 in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Excellent stadium. Yeah. And the events they've put on, they've uh, grand final parades, this, yeah. uh, the uh, Brown Lows, they've got everybody over there, the, yes. uh, the great... Uh, yeah. I, I believe that once people get an idea that mm. the... Grand final can roam around a bit. Yes, I think it'll be supported because, after all, it is Australian rules, and so why should the showpiece just be bottled up in Melbourne? In
2: Melbourne, you're exactly right. Look, I think this will be as big a day in the West as the winning of the America's Cup was. I think it's that big.
1: That's incredible, but that's some time ago. I know.
2: I was was trying to say eighty-two or three, somewhere
1: around there, wasn't it? The um, what I was trying to get to was maybe the. uh, events that have been in between then and now have eluded me. Yeah. I mean, the, the West Coast Eagles have won premierships. Yes. Big uh, days. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they have. Other yeah. things must have happened. And, uh, mm. you know, let's not forget that uh, they're rolling in money because of the iron ore royalties. Yes. Uh, it's just an incredibly boom time. And, of course, their whole economy is a boom or bust economy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I suppose you're right. Well, I wonder if the mining industry will be acknowledged in the somehow this afternoon. uh, Would Gina Reinhart be contributing in some way?
1: You mean a fan base? Yeah. You know, like at her place, and they might have. uh, Because Mm -hmm. I assume they can have as many people as they like in a house.
2: I assume so, yes.
1: And uh, then, of course, barbecues, the normal festive atmosphere that accompanies part one of Festival of the Boot.
2: Yep. Yep, yep. Twiggy Forrest, has he got I Oh, Twiggy'd have some, some twiggy sort have of do. He might have
1: a boat on the uh, Swan and, yep, you know, hanging yep. out there. and. Uh, Why not a run-through for, for the mining industry? Could the mining industry sponsor the umpires? Yes, they could. You know? Yes, they could. Sort of give them some authority and yes. maybe with shirts yep. and the run-through, obviously, with bigger lettering for the mining industry than, you know. Than the umpires. Yeah, we come to blow, so <laughs> yeah. enjoy the show. Could yeah. be right down the bottom. Yeah. Um... Mm. Now, the okay. other thing is, do you, you know last week you raised a very telling point, I thought, uh, with the uh, you used Mogsheen Jadwat uh referee from previous years. Ah oh, yes as an illustration. Mm. You know, who will be appearing at Leichhardt Oval this week? Mogsheen Jadwat. Mm-hmm. And then in tiny writing, you know.
2: East the <laughs> Tigers. West Tigers, yeah.
1: Now do you think we've made enough of the umpires this year? Meaning, you know, there was that telethon. I wonder if the umpires appeared on the telethon. I assume I they would have done. Well, and I noticed, for instance, Maxi Gorn and, um, you know, the Bont were holding up the uh, cup yeah. during the week. Right. And I was just thinking, what an opportunity to get Matt Sevich in there. Yes. You know, or, you know, yes. somebody more associated, or the big three. And could the big three have picked up yep. the Bont and Maxi Gorn and bought the trophy into the... Media conference, right? Uh, on their sh- on, on their shoulders, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, so it's yeah. a sort of pyramid sort of thing. Sure, coming. sure, sure,
2: sure. I, I assume each of the uh, umpires would have come in during the telethon and uh, blown for a little while, um, just just to show the the, the, the differing styles. Just you know, to hear that you, you know the bloke you reckon was the loudest was that Mollison that was the loudest. The Mollison, yes, he yes. can. Re- he's so he, loud. You, you. Um, so to hear him blow for five minutes, and people had. You know, don't say this, this oh, Don't, yeah. Donate, mate. Keep blowing. See how long he can blow. Um, <laughs> and he might be able to blow, for, say, I don't know, twenty minutes or something oh, like well, that. How about
1: twenty minutes, twenty one seconds? Twenty minutes,
2: twenty one <clears throat> seconds. That'd be beautiful. Oh. And if he could blow, you know, he'd okay. have the technique much in the way of you know circular you, breathing. You, you, your cheeks go, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But you form a bellows. Yeah, that's right. Dizzy Gillespie cheeks. style. Dizzy Gillespie Old style.
1: Yes, yeah, mm. that's now, right. how about this? Mm. Each of the umpires is tasked with some sort of uh, contribution. Yes. Now, you might what, find… What, they've
2: got to make a cake or something like not that? Not bad. Or I was thinking… Make a sausage roll.
1: Excellent. Now, I was thinking of going to… Matt Savage could burn his underpants and see he how they can roll. He could, yes, and show, I mean, de- just, demonstrate it,
2: how, how, what, what he wants to see tomorrow at 21 Exactly.
1: Which would be at the end of the first quarter, wouldn't it? Yes, I, I'm, I, it would be towards the end of the first so quarter. So do the players
2: stay out in the middle and stand well, at attention while the… While the,
1: the burn uh, …while happens. the
2: underpants come early over the top? Is that it? I
1: are you or thinking are they of a formal? Their huddle? Well, I suppose the huddle would be the appropriate time to throw them. Yeah. But that I, 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 the time sort of got me bogged down. Now, maybe if they could time the first quarter to be twenty minutes, twenty-one seconds long. Never mind the sure. uh, exactly how long. Don't get me stuck on the details. Mm. So the hooter goes, and, and all of a sudden, out of the, the stands, out of the stands they come, one after come the other, the burning other. embers. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me that no one would forget the 2021 grand final because they wouldn't.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not too late, you know, for uh, this to be uh, part of the Rugby League grand final next week. Why couldn't we have some sort of underpants burn off?
1: Right. I hadn't thought of that. No. But you're absolutely right. Yeah. Are you worried that we should book it in now before we see what happens this afternoon? Who does the best burn? Yeah. You know, was the... Uh-huh. AFL, better than the, the AFL book. And let's face it, we'll forget the score pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Remembering the burn will be the, the well, great well, feature well, of the Well, game. it's up
2: to the people of, uh, of Brisbane to have a look at what happens this afternoon. Yes, oh absolutely. It's and see if they say, want to get involved. Oh, that's The underpants didn't burn very well. We can do much better than that. And, you know, I don't know, the Palaszczuk government may say, oh, yes, you're allowed a small vial of petrol to take into the ah, stand with petrol. you. And so underpants off douse a little bit of petrol on,
1: get it going and poof. Now, can I ask when does that happen, though? Because a 40-minute quarter, mm. the significance is 20, 20, 20 minutes, 21 seconds. Yeah. I can see we can doctor this timekeeping. Oh, TP.: okay. Does well, it go?
2: Well, well it's, I, I, I don't know who'll be blowing. Let's, let's say, uh, I don't know, let's say Jared Sutton's blowing. Yeah. He might blow at 21, 21. Hold on, boys. Stop. Let's do the burn. Let's do the burn.
1: And the crowd chant goes up.
2: Yeah. Burn, burn, burn. Yeah. You know, it's got to be well, what is Yeah. so to the out.
0: people. Yeah. Yeah. Just want them to get it done. <laughs> the painting had them reeling back in awe. The smoking gun, the AFL supremo, and the Torbman's were dancing an attractive rumba before the eyes. Suddenly, the crime was there for all to see, even those bludging on the blindside.
1: Hey, yes, welcome back to Bludging on the Blindside on this special day, AFL Grand Final day in Perth, and uh, the million. Underpants burn off or the million pants burn-off. Uh, it's got a lot of support right across the nation. We just hope Basil can uh, get on his bike and get the job done. Now, if you want to get involved in the show, 04679202, that's 046792022, <clears throat> or the old way, Roy and HG at abc.net.au. And the following people have, Roy?
2: Yes, they have, HG. Um I was just thinking about Basil. Basil really is the master of wit. Isn't he?
1: <laughs> he is, he is. Yeah, I, I think it's... Hame's not bad. No, he gets H- wet. has
2: got wet. I mean, he's damp. Yeah. He's damp. Yeah. But uh, Basil's saturated, isn't
1: well, he? Well, I saw Basil after the telethon and he yep. they had to, um, you know, pump out the studio. Oh, yeah,
2: they would have. Mm. They would have. Uh, now, Jack's been in touch. He yep. says, uh, <laughs> I've been left in contemplation uh, every Saturday after a variation of It Wasn't Us Out There seemed to recur within the rugby league community. To my mind, it seemed to indicate a genuine psychological hysteria taking hold of Rugby League Class A citizens. Uh, Imagine my concern when I came across an article in the Fairfax Papers, he means Channel 9 papers, I guess. it does. About Eels player Bryce Cartwright and the view that, quote, he wasn't himself for a few years there. No, I think we mentioned this. Mm. I'm just wondering whether the test is required before each game, uh, where each player is required to answer a questionnaire to verify that they know who
1: they are. Well, I think it'd be a great improvement. I mean, obviously, you'd have to delay the start of every Raiders game. Yeah. Because that. that it's oh,
2: well, no, I think you just get them to turn up an hour early. Oh, I okay, And you fair and then enough. stick it, just go through and say, oh, yeah, come here. Yeah. What's your yeah, name? What's your name? Yeah. Where who, do you play? Who you been today? Yeah. Yeah, good. <laughs> okay, off you go. Get out of my sight. <laughs> Trousers, pants up. Um,
1: now, Harry from Wollongong says... Um, Can I just interrupt yeah, before yeah. you go on? I've just picked up... I, I noticed that I was going to come to an article about Sam Burgess, of course, oh, playing south. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, in part of this article, he says um, he recalls playing against Canberra in round 10. Mm-hmm. This is before he gave the game away due to injury. Yeah. In round 10, yeah. might be a couple of years ago, and he, he in this match he gave away five penalties. He said he was just frustrated. Yeah. I was frustrated. I was getting angry because I couldn't be who I normally was.
2: Oh, My, there you are,
1: isn't it? See, yeah. And I'm just wondering if the two things there, the Raiders, obviously, yeah, that Raideritis that people come down with had affected sure. him, and he couldn't be who he was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'd blame the coach. I mean, it's a crazy coach who won't let Sam be Sam. I mean, why Why would you want Sam to be someone else? Mm. No, I You know, okay. Sam, I want you to play like Tom today. I mean, yeah. or George. Yeah. That's not going to work because no. George is never going to play like Sam. No. And Tom wouldn't, even to. if you asked him to. Well,
1: he couldn't. No, he couldn't. He couldn't. And That's he, not his go. He's a bigger person than He's a than much that.
2: bigger person than yeah. Sam. yeah.
1: Thanks. Thanks. Uh,
2: Harry says, happy rugby league. I was scrolling through social media today when I saw a headline from the ABC saying do Aussie rules players really care more about climate change than those in rugby league?
1: I've seen this article,
2: yes. Yeah, I didn't know how to respond to that. Mm.
1: What, because does he uh, give you any detail there? No,
2: he doesn't. <coughs> He's saying apparently more AFL players are signed up to an anti-climate change organisation than any other sport in Australia. Does he mean anti-climate change organisation or does, or does he mean a climate change? Oh, I don't know. I'm a bit confused here as to what the message is. I would have thought that the, the rugby league would be right up behind climate uh, yes. climate
1: science. <clears throat> well, They I mean, believe the science, wouldn't they? I think the rugby league players would be keen on the science. Same,
2: same with vaccination. I think the, most rugby league players have accepted the science of vaccination. That it's good for you. I think so. Yeah. I, think they, I think they understand that we don't have polio as much anymore these no,
1: days. That's true. that's true. Or
2: diphtheria or <clears throat> tetanus. Well, yeah. And a lot of players have said to me, why don't I get tetanus no more? Why? how come I don't see no polio? You know, I saw polio calipers the other day. Someone was polio calipers. Why don't we wear calipers anymore? Well, we don't get polio anymore. Why don't we get polio anymore? Well, we get back to Now... I
1: suppose the
2: message is getting through.
1: In that, you would also think that uh, rugby league... Yeah. Because it begins a month earlier on, yeah. roughly, mm. than the AFL, is often played in ferocious temperatures. Yes, it is. <clears throat> and uh, I think, you know... Yeah, the,
2: they would be terribly aware hmm. of...
1: The yeah. increase in temperature, the yeah. daytime temperature. Mm. I mean, I think you went to the SCG in Italy in the height of summer, and the temperature was fifty-two degrees. It was.
2: It was. Uh, uh, this it, was uh, watching a test match. Yes, in, England, England versus Australia, Australia with yeah. the Englishman collapsing. I think uh, Joe Root. Ended Joe up in Root ho- was, was in hospital. Yeah,
1: had to go on, the on thermal, a drip, saline drip. Yeah. 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 Look, I, I. It is interesting, isn't it? Because uh, you know all these sports. Imagine being outside for that long. You won't be able to be outside. You, for won't. That long.
2: you won't. You won't. You won't. Is it Qatar actually that has the biosphere, that has the huge
1: air-conditioned
2: units? That uh Qatar,
1: because they got the World Cup coming. But yeah. somebody told me, that, I think it was Bahrain, where they they air-conditioned a beach.
2: Yeah, what well, you got to do? That's the, that's the future,
1: <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it?
2: And here we are worried about bloody subs. <laughs> Air conditioning the beaches, that's going to – I mean, we've got a lot of beach here to air condition when you think about
1: it. We have. Haven't we? <coughs> and, of course, then it doesn't prevent the uh, mm. the erosion by the waves. No, air conditioning no.
2: We'll we, we have to build baffling walls. Indeed. Before uh, we put the air conditioning bubbles. Units. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, now, uh, this has come. He says um, – uh, my name is Strapping Big Lad, he says, which is a ter- terrific uh, hey. introduction. He says, in a nutshell, uh, I propose a rule change that I think would bring me and other fans back to the game in droves. This is Rugby League.
0: Mm-hmm. In
2: a nutshell, I think that whoever scores the try has to take the conversion. Right. I've been banging on this about this rule change for some time now. Imagine the tension if Big Jared were Hergroves for example, with two minutes on the clock, barges over... In the corner, and then has to back up and take the conversion to confin- to to, to uh, achieve a, a tight victory.
1: People would love to see that, right? Um, <clears throat> look, would it bring me- excitement
2: back into the game? Sick of watching sharpshooters bang them from everywhere.
1: Yeah. Now, would it be a you'd reorganise how the play was? Especially in the dying minutes of yeah, a match. you would, would you? reorganise how the play was structured. You would. Meaning you'd, you'd get really the ball You'd really be in. worried
2: and make sure the bloke who can, can kick, kick pretty well scores yeah. the try. Yeah. So Jared would have to hold the ball up over the line to hoping the... that the sharpshooter, <laughs> he might be able to slip it away to him. Right. But it'd it, wow. be fun to watch the dra- anyway. The
1: drama. The drama. I know. The drama. It's a great um, idea. It is a good idea. Uh, and there goes the AFL, though, because the person who marks makes, takes the specky mark has the shot for goal. Has the shot for goal, yeah. Occasionally you'll see him handball, but that's, mm. you know, maybe one in a hundred yeah. uh, to another player surging by. I think Tui from Geelong used to be a master of that. Yeah. Taking the, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. the crumb and booting it. Sure, mm.
2: sure. Uh, now, this has come from uh, James. Uh, he says, "I draw your attention to the forthcoming book I've written on rugby league da- legend David Campese."
1: No, rugby league legend.
2: Uh, rugby union, uh, rugby, a uh, rugby legend. Uh, okay, rugby legend. Yeah, yeah. David Campese.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought there were a few books about David Campese. Well, there must it be, must say, be half a dozen. Must be, must be. Yeah, I passed it behind the try
2: Yeah. Anyway, the book is not a biography, but a study of Campese's creative genius. Whoa. Yeah, well, we've seen his creative genius <laughs> a couple of times. He, he makes a great cup of coffee. He does, mm. he does. I'd like to tell. You, I, I'd like to make you aware of, uh, of an incident detailed at some length towards the end of the book, relating to the site of Concord Oval. The incident relates to a private visit made to the ground by Campisi mid two thousand and twenty. As the former home of the New South Wales and Australia rugby from 1987 to 98, was being pulled down to make way for a community
1: sports facility. Mm-hmm. Now that's the home of the Tigers, now isn't it? Well, it was home the rural, rural and regional ANZAC. It was rural, sorry, rural and regional yeah, ANZAC. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listeners may recall
2: it was on this ground that Campisi broke the world record for the for the for test tries during a roller coaster semi final against France, when we were talking to France. Yeah, no, Back I in 1987. Which makes me think. We're well, talking about this off air, HG. The the Monash Centre.
1: I know. I, I, I have nightmares about it. I know. I have nightmares about it. Is it being graffitied? Is it? A, a, are people the, are urinating in it? I know. Although don't tell me they're not getting ideas from people in I Melbourne. Know, I know. I know. I know.
2: I'm, I'm really worried about
1: it. I know. I just hope I you know, know it, Tony it, Abbott can get it it over costs there with about a bayonet. meal costs more than a sub. I know. It? Oh, easily. It's the biggest. Art building, yes, uh, in France, in the history of France, I think it is, or museum I building, I think it is,
2: yeah. I think yeah. you can fly an aircraft in that bottom floor, the oh, lower can. floor,
1: you can, you can, and they've got exhibits in there, yeah, I know. know. Like, and the real experience, that immersive experience, you know, you can get gassed and know. you know, spend a month under a mound of dirt, you that's know, right. been blown up by a bomb, that's right, well, it's, it's just fantastic, it's, it's astonishing.
2: Uh, anyway, back to uh, David Campese's creative <laughs> genius now. He's walking around uh, during the demolition of uh, the um, Concord Range. Oval. Oh. Campese visited the ground late one afternoon as dusk was falling. Ooh. He wanted one last stroll around the ground for the memories. He entered the premises illegally via a gap in the front fence, proceeding to make his way to an area underneath the main grandstand. Uh, amid the half-gloom that evening, what he found horrified him. Demolition workers had pulled down the two huge historic photographs above the old wallabies' dressing sheds, torn them into pieces and thrown them on the floor as if litter. Just strewn across the floor, disregarded, left for others to trample over. Campiche took a video on his phone of this diabolical scene. The photos had been of the famous 1927 Waratahs team that toured the UK. Uh, which in many ways pioneered Australian running rugby and which included the legendary Cyril Towers. Whoa, Cyril. Cyril Towers. And the other was a photo of Jim Lenehan, the titanic fullback for the Wallabies' sides in the late 1950s and early 1960s, scoring against the South Africans at the SCG in 1965, a ball boy watching on with mouth agape as the trial was about to be scored. Campisi's video included his own commentary, later posted on his Facebook site. What has happened to our game, he asked. He wondered why no one had thought to preserve these historic relics. To this day, no New South Wales or Australian rugby authority has been able to explain or account for this wanton vandalism
1: of our game's history. What a heartfelt letter that is. is, You don't often get them like that, do you? You don't. Now, can I ask, are they meaningful people to you?
2: Yes, they are. (laughs) Yes, they are. Now, the next thing is—I mean—that that there is... I mean, there is really the story of Australian running rugby, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, th- for which we've been famously known for. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if, uh, if uh, the writer of this book, James, could approach John Eels. Not that these photos could be restored, but someone might have taken a photograph of them and we might be able to reconstruct those photographs.
1: So that they're the not idea. lost to
2: history forever, right? Uh, I think they were too torn up for Campo to try and put them together and uh, with, jigsaw sticky, puzzle. with sticky tape. Yeah. Jigsaw puzzle. yeah, and
1: would you see them, bit, maybe having a pride of place in the uh, this bit arcane, but yes. uh, or local, uh, you yeah. know, in the new New South Wales Art Gallery that they're building?
2: Well, the, well that's not bad. In that's the foyer bad. there, or maybe in the Cadbury's factory or something By like that. The Cadbury's that. factory, even. The, better. The, than the, than, the, I mean, the Cadbury's people. They must be interested. If John Eels could reach out to the Cadbury's people, mm-hmm. the Cadbury's people could reach out to the community, and this photo be fa- these photos be found, restored. And do you recall a day, a time, HG, when you could buy a block of chocolate and there'd be a photograph in it?
1: Right? No, I can't.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes. Nestles used to do this. Nestles, and what were the photos of? The photos were of space, and you could buy a book. And you'd Stick put the the, f- the photos oh, in the
1: book. What a great idea! It was a brilliant idea. Now, are you suggesting? I'm
2: suggesting this for rugby that the Cadbury's people get a photo, get photographs of Cyril Towers and a, lots of Quaid other Cooper Ka-
1: Campo, Quake Cooper, Cooper. You know the great George Gregan? Jo- oh, George Gregan. John Eels. Oh, John Eels. Skylab, yeah, yeah Skylab. <laughs> Tim mean, Gavin, Tim Gavin. Had those great
2: players from mm. the past. Our great rugby heritage, mm-hmm. and have a rugby heritage dedicated Cadbury's book that you could buy your chocolate, open it up, oh, look who we've got here, Quade Cooper. You beauty. What page did that go on? 91. And the kids get together, the family gets together. You open up the book to page 429 and there it
1: fits. You're not worried about encouraging obesity here, are (laughs) you? (laughs) Well, just enough. Well, I'm just trying to solve this bloody problem of Uh, rugby history that's been trashed. I know, going, yeah, getting lost. Lost, gee, I I didn't realise it was so bad. And that's a sobering story. (sighs) It's a very sobering story. How quickly the past is forgotten.
2: Yeah. You know, know, Jeff just finally, HG. Uh, All your recent discussions of rugby legal ornaments has got me thinking about its application to other sports. Given that golf was a bunch of game for the working man and woman way back in the distant past when public courses littered the landscape, surely it too would have its ornaments, legends and immortals. Well, obviously. obviously. I'd love to hear your thoughts about exactly who belongs where. Peter Thompson, for exa- for, for instance, with five British Opens. Would he be an immortal? I suppose he would be. We got on very well with Peter Thompson.
1: Now, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are we, are we looking for... Mm -hmm. Immortals in the way that we look for them in rugby I suppose we are. And are we looking for monuments? Yes. And? And ornaments. And ornaments. Yes. And maybe a first category of ambassador. An ambassador, yes, 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 yes. Hero, ambassador. Yeah.
2: Where was that perennial runner-up and winner of just two majors, the shark? Well, the shark's not an immortal, is he?
1: Not yet. I wouldn't have thought so. No. He did a lot for golf in a different sort of way. Different sort of way, yeah. By being basically... Was going well, to use the word just like not gloom. winning much. Yeah. <laughs> just, just by being stupid.
2: Yeah, mm. uh, making a lot of cuts. He made a lot of cuts. He, he did make. Well,
1: that's a that's He, a, he
2: was a, he was a great weekend golfer. Mm-hmm. He was. You could rely on Greg to be there on the
1: weekend. Yeah, he could play. You know, obviously <laughs> Dunya.
2: Yeah, yeah. I remember saying that to him because we met him during the Olympics, you recall.
1: We did. We did.
2: And uh, he was a little bit tight-lipped and... Yeah, until we opened him up about oh, golf. opened up a little bit. But when yeah. I said to him, I said, Greg, thanks so much for, because we could rely on you to appear on the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and Oh, he's thrilled by that. He, he was. I don't know if he was thrilled by it. He
1: was. He, he was. He nodded. Yeah. I, I could see that he didn't do that for other pesterers who no, came up to no. ask him, you know, how do you play the 9-iron off yeah, the 10th? Yeah, yeah, how did you lose against Faldau again? <laughs> how much were you leading by? When you were yeah, in the... Yeah, uh, When
2: when you lost by, you know, you were ahead by 10, right, <laughs> and then you lost by 4. How
1: did that feel?
2: <laughs> Kel Nagel, legend, one mate. Yeah. yeah, He's an ornament. David Graham, two majors, yeah, ornament. Jeff Ogary. But <coughs> crucially, what of the case of the two marks? Leishman, the man with the Monday Night Brew. And,
1: and Hensby. And Hensby. Well, they've given so much pleasure to so many people.
2: Oh, I they mean, have. Maybe they there's got
1: to be a, a well, category would, would we
2: call Hensby an ornament or a journeyman?
1: A journeyman. A journeyman, yeah. I think yeah. a journeyman, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure But it's was. a fascinating concept, concept yeah. isn't it, to, to apply, apply this. yeah. From rugby league to yes, golf. Yes, and I suppose you could do.
2: You do it with motor racing. You could do yes, it. Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. Certainly, mm. a motor GP would lend itself. Mick Doohan, obviously. Mm. You know. Oh, mighty Mick. Mm. Mm. And we got Jack Miller at the moment going well. We do. Another, another Australians joined him. Yes. I mean, I've forgotten his name, but yeah, he, he yeah, could yeah. end up being
0: on it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: Very, Very interesting. What sport has done more to promote the decent, genuine, hard-working Aussie spirit more than any other comparable code in recorded history? Rugby League. This is Bludging on the Blind Side.
1: This is the bludge, and you're on the blind side. Now, this story, we come back to it over and over again, Mm -hmm. but what interested me was uh, both these stories emerged in um, in, um, media outlets on... Friday, September the 24th. Yesterday, and one came from the what I consider the uh, Murdoch end of the spectrum, News Limited end of the spectrum. The yeah. other came from the Channel 9 end of the spectrum. Right. Yeah. The first one says, the ARL Commission is a fortnight away from announcing a second Brisbane team, mm-hmm. uh, going to be added in 2023. The landmark uh, moment for Rugby League Code, sorry, landmark moment for the Rugby League. The Code is ready to embark on first expansion move in 14 years. Uh, after a high, following a high powered ARL commission board meeting on thursday it 's understood the ARL Commission has heard uh, that analysis of expansion conducted by league central and external films firms showed that the financial forecasting of a 17 team competition stacked up the final step involves ARL commission boss the man of feathers presenting findings and uh, and funding outcomes to existing sixteen clubs after eleven years of expansion heartache mm now, Brisbane will get uh, the second team to rival the Broncos. For Landis, it's... Anyway, I'll just leave that there and ask about the heartache. Yeah. Has it been... 11 years
2: of heartache.
1: 11 years of heartache worrying about yeah. another team coming into the competition?
2: Well, I think it probably has been 11 years of heartache, HG, say, for the North Sydney Bears, <laughs> who al- always dreamed dream that they were going to be the ones, see, who were going to come, into the, going to come into the competition. Did anyone consider relocating the Bears to Brisbane?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. What a good idea, because they've already got a team, they some do. sort of an idea of a team. Yeah. And people are worried about how... And uh, with, with transport these days, you know, normally
2: post-COVID,
1: one imagines that your feeder clubs can be anywhere. They can. And I was going to say, th- they've got a coach, obviously, and Bennett's coming to coach Bennett them.
2: Bennett would coach mm. them, yeah.
1: And uh Bennett, obviously, will be doing something weird with hiding players during the 2022 season mm. and producing them in the 2023 season. Yes. will be making sure that happens. Yes. Now, yep. I come to the... Nine newspapers, Mm -hmm. and uh, their uh, comment on this is fired up club officials will demand answers from NRL uh, chief Abdo on a phone hookup, (coughs) uh, obviously yesterday morning, about plans to push ahead with the 17th franchise for the 2023 season. Mm -hmm. So obviously the head office says one thing, but they haven't really told the clubs what it is or how it's going to work. So the, the existing 16 clubs were <coughs> blindsided by a report yesterday that the NRL was set to give the second Brisbane team the green light following the grand final, and they immediately told Abdo to add an all-important issue to the agenda for today's meeting, or that all-important issue to the agenda for today's mi- meeting. The uh, Okay. However, the clubs will now bring the matter to a head after being informed a month ago expansion was not a priority for the, the game. So all of a sudden there's been a pivot Barnaby Joyce style, yes. who's always been in favour, of course, of... You know, setting
2: Expanding? <laughs> oh, yeah, the National Party's been right behind the expansion of rugby league.
1: Now, the other immediate concern for the clubs is how they can hold on to some of their big-name players should a 17th franchise be approved mm. in, in time for the 2023 season. You can see this is a big problem. Mm. At the very least, players off contract at the end of next year, including South's Cody Walker, mm. the Cheese down in the, the Storm, yeah. Christian Welsh, I didn't realise that the Eels could lose Gutherson and Reid Mahoney. Really? Uh, Now, they can also use the new franchise as leverage to Mm -hmm. increase their value to the clubs they're already with. Right, yes. Now, some in club land are still not convinced a new franchise is the answer given how lopsided the NRL ladder has been this season. Mm. I must say I'm, you know, I mean… I I could be persuaded
2: by that as well, yeah.
1: This year we've had top six and then daylight between the remaining ten clubs, one official said. Yeah. We're now discussing a new franchise. Will a new franchise make the competition any more attractive? Mm-hmm. One of the things that was promised to the clubs was, a, was, was the process would be collaborative, mm-hmm. that they would come to the clubs and involve the clubs so it would be uh, disappointing if we're told it's done. Now, this has always worried me, and I've raised this on this very show on previous times, yeah. is the clubs seem to be stood over by head office in rule changes, yeah. in, you know, the million pants burn-off, all that sort of stuff, yeah. and then now in this extra franchise. Yeah. And why only one? Yeah. Because then we get in that ugly the, the buy thing. Okay. And what's the competition going to look like? Yeah. They've got, uh, obviously, they have one more team. Yeah. Will they play everybody one one and a half times yeah. or one and a third times yeah, or whatever. All those
2: issues, yeah.
1: And have they yeah. been considered by, before this is, rammed down the club's throats? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I mean... Well, uh, the first question is that the, the, the clubs should be... All,
2: a representative from each club should be in a room with rugby league, heavyweights, volanders and Abda, mm-hmm. for a start. And the question be put to the clubs... Clubs, do you think it would be a good idea to have another team in our competition? (laughs) Now, some clubs were going to go, oh, yeah, it's not a bad idea. Other clubs are going to say, no way.
1: Yeah. Now, where do you think that is?
2: hands up those who want an extra team in in our competition. Yeah, okay. Hands down. Well, now we have an answer. Now we've got to make a decision. There's going to be a 17th team and when is the 18th team going to come into it? And then when does it become too unwieldy? When mm-hmm. have we got to have two conferences? Mm-hmm. We've got to have a Northern division and a Southern division, mm-hmm. something like that. How do we how do we guarantee that the standard in one competition is as good as the standard in the other? Well, you can't. So I don't know where this can go. Rugby league is just going to beca- become too unwieldy. Why not reduce the number of clubs?
1: Oh, well, now you're talking about Now language. we're
2: talking, mm. aren't we? We are. The clubs are. that aren't working. Yeah. We've got to have a B division. You, you talk about uh, the, 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 the lack of standard mm-hmm. w- when you've got the, the, the top six teams beating every other team by 100 mm-hmm. points week in, week out in floggings. Well, that can't go on. No, it can't go on. It can't go on. Mm. We've got to have what we call the busted-ass teams have their own little competition... Don't they? Your West Tigers, your your Raiders. Until they improve.
1: Until they improve. And I'm told Mm -hmm. that a lot of the clubs are in terrible straits. Financially? Financially, organisational. Well, we can
2: solve that very, very simply just by getting the various governments to allow for more poker machines.
0: Chirps, metho, bleach, and hand sanitizer in equal parts. Try it. What have you got to lose? This is bludging on the blind side. Now, what I
1: don't get though is head office seems to decide one thing one week Yes. and never tell the clubs yep. until it's sort of too late. Yeah. A fader complete. What worries also worries me would be <sighs> that teams in the top six could be weakened by this avalanche of acquiring new player go round because mm. a lot will come off contract or well, who cares about a rugby league contract anymore but anyway yeah. and so they can go and earn big bucks at you know yes. the rural and regional Anzacs.
2: yes 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 yeah well look the, I know the you the, can't the, answer the No, words. the only solution i can see at the moment is to if you're going to create a new club Approach the Melbourne Storm to see if they can expand their system to include twice as many players and siphon those players after 12 months of being under the Melbourne system because they'll all be champions and form another club out of that.
1: Yeah, no, I get you. (coughs) Because oh, that's an excellent idea. I don't idea. think any other club
2: could do it. I mean, mm. I mean, if you gave, if you, if you expanded uh, West Tigers, you could give them a thousand players. They they're not going to be any better. No, no, they're not. No, they can't do it. Mm. They haven't got the system, mm-hmm. whatever the system is. Mm-hmm. Now, how we apply the, the 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 Storm system to other clubs? I don't know. I don't know if it's possible. Wouldn't that be the thing though to get the Melbourne Storm? into a room with all the other clubs and for the other clubs to say, Storm... How do you do it? How do you do it?
1: Yeah. Can I
2: ask... Is why? it just Bellamy or is it something else?
1: Yeah, like good Is place, it culture? A
2: well, we've got to move all the teams to Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So they're out of the way, they don't get involved yeah. they
1: in... You know, they're not recognised, no one yeah. knows who they no, are. They're, they're under the radar. And they just go to work. They just go to work. And get the they get the job done. They not get the job done. They go into a shop and they're not badgered by people
2: who want to have selfies all the bloody time or take their underpants off and ask them to burn them or sign mm-hmm. them or do
1: both. That doesn't happen, does it? It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, one thing that... I worry about really is—is is anybody worried about the standard of the competition? Because you know that mm. you know when this next club, the seventeenth, turns up. Let's say it's the best club in the competition.
2: Yeah,
1: the other clubs get beaten sixty to nil. Who worries about that? Yeah. Does anybody actually worry about that apart from the <laughs> poor old people who support the club yeah. that's getting knocked over by to nil? Do you know what I mean? I find I do. there's something really odd about all of this. Yeah, that it feels to me as though... Is,
2: sh- is there a re- relationship, Asher? I think my, w- w- what you're getting at is there a a, a relationship between success on the paddock mm-hmm. and the financial success of the club?
1: Now that's an excellent question, see, and see, I-,
2: I don't know if there is a no, a, a relationship no. there, and maybe there should be. Mm, now you're talking. Maybe clubs have got to be penalised financially. Uh, if their team doesn't perform well enough. So we look at the West Tigers and we say, all right, West Tigers, you've got your club there, you've got uh, 500 poker machines. Uh, Where did your team come this year? Oh, well... You're going to have to lose 200 of those poker machines until you improve.
1: And we move those poker
2: machines... Oh, we move to those
1: poker machines a to a down to Melbourne, who've yeah, done very well. Oh, you know, another up-and-coming team. Another up-and-coming team, mm. yes. Is that the way it should work? Well, it's not bad. It's a sort of like a taxation sort of thing. <laughs> yes. But the club, uh, you know, the salary cap, mm. they still get the same salary cap.
2: Yes, I suppose they do.
1: And is it mm. because the football departments aren't salary capped mm. that off they go and they spend an awful lot of money... Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Ma- Has it got a future? What rugby league? Well, I, I, you know, the business the, the model. the way it
2: is, I don't think it I don't think it does. No,
1: it's weird, isn't
2: it? It is weird. It I, don't
1: know. Is. I don't know. We've been covering this a long time. I don't know why it's taken us just till now <laughs> to discover. <it. laughs> to, to to
0: realise that the business model makes no <laughs> sense. <laughs> this is Max Verstappenauer on bludging on the blind side.
1: Roy, any contributions from the text line? Oh, um,
2: now, someone was suggesting, actually, that national uh, obesity seems to be a small price to pay to fix the problem of immortalising <laughs> Roseby's legends.
1: No, I accept that. You accept that? I do. I think that's uh, well observed. Yeah. Well observed. And I love the idea, going back, something old, something new again. Mm-hmm. I noticed, for instance, more recently, the... Well, the use of LSD in uh, helping with mental health is an old idea that's come back again. So using oh. stickers, I mean stickers, oh, yeah. sticking photos, yeah. photos into yeah. a,
2: into a bo- book. book,
1: yeah, they become collectors' items too. And imagine the fun of thinking, mm. well, I've got twenty George Grgans, yeah, but I'm still wanting a Campo. Mm. Campo might be the hard, might be the hardest someone, one to get, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That, that might only. Print yeah, one. Print one. You know, people would yeah. draw their own in. I suppose they would in the end. Um, uh, now, uh, I think uh, someone was suggesting here that uh, that they're nudists and they're wondering what else they can burn because they don't have underpants.
1: Well, I think I think we wouldn't exclude nudists if you wanted to come nude to the AFL this afternoon. That people would accept that. Mm. But uh, just well, uh, well, just because you're, you're a nudist
2: ner- doesn't mean you could carry it. You, you carry could carry a, your pair, a pair of underpants
1: and throw it light it, and, up and and throw it, throw it up and throw it. light it up and throw it, yes. I think you borrow something from your uh, neighbours or – Yeah, you,
2: you must have a mate who's got a pair of underpants. Yeah,
1: I, I think that's – you know, I, I, I'd yeah. love to see some Because it's a very, tonight.
2: very sad nudist who can't get their hands on a
1: pair of bloody underpants. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say, I think it's a, a very pleasant day in Perth today. Uh, oh, yeah. I might be wrong, 27 degrees, I think yeah, it's uh, yeah. forecast. Great day for football. Great day
2: for football. And nudist. Is
1: there a nudist section in the – there's always a nudist section. Oh, I so, Remember yeah. in the cricket we had that great idea of having a single section and a oh, yeah. nudist section and mm-hmm. uh, people who wanted to <coughs> swim a section? Oh, yeah. I think that could be usefully applied to the AFL on some days. On some days, yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. Now, yeah. a little bit of fight news to go on with.
2: Uh, oh, uh, hang on. Uh, Dave from Guildford is wondering how would they monitor greenhouse gas emissions and ensure the event is carbon neutral with the burning of the underpants at the at the Rugby League? Well, we'd just uh, have to have carbon
1: offsets, wouldn't we? We'd have carbon we, offsets. We'd, we'd,
2: uh, we'd, the, the rugby league would
1: plant, let's say, 4,000 4, trees. Yeah, for, exactly. Somebody would be able to calculate how much it yeah. would. Yeah. You know, say in, in Suncorp's case, 40,000 pairs of underpants yeah. burnt with, say, let's say they all had 10 uh, mm. of petrol on them yeah. just to get them started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's easy enough to work easy out. Easy
2: enough to work out. Well, the scientists can work that out. Yeah, they, that's they'll,
1: right. they'll let us know. Not a lot right. of rugby league scientist. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they work
2: that out very, very easily. Um, okay, we could set it out for, for scientists now. There'd be some scientists listening. You'd be able to get an How average many trees? The, the average amount of carbon in a pair of underpants. Add to that a little bit of petrol, the small vial of petrol. Let's say twenty mils mm-hmm. of petrol. That's all mm-hmm. you'd need, probably less. Well, let's say twenty mils for each pair of pants. That's fifty thousand times twenty mils times the amount of carbon that's in your average pair of underpants, how many trees do we need
1: to plant to offset that? That's an excellent, excellent challenge for uh, people listening. Yeah. Now, coming to uh, boxing fight news, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Justice Hooney, who's the bloke with the Play-Doh hands, mm-hmm. he's very hungry for some action and he's planned a seven professional fights mm-hmm. through 2022. Seven fights. Yeah. So these bouts will have uh, to fit in around Hooney's tilt at the Commonwealth Games in July, yeah. where Hooney will be going for heavyweight gold. Right. His promoter, Dean Lonegan, mm. has been negotiating with Kiwi star Junior Farr for a showdown. Good. But it seems that the fight would be second for Hooney, who is likely to fight in January or February against another opponent yet to be determined. So an old fashioned head in the bag bout. I think we broke that story last week Dude. that he had a head in the bag coming up. Uh huh. Um, uh, obviously, justice. So uh, the head
2: in the bags, January.
1: Yep, and then and he we goes think, on to uh,
2: far. far is February. Yep, yep. Now, uh, why can't he have twelve fights? There, it looks like one a month is the way he's going. One a month. What a great, what an ambition! And when is the Commonwealth Games? Uh, July. We, July, July. Oh, okay, Birmingham. July. Well, he might want to have a month off prior to that to get well to for get training for his hands yeah, to hands recover
1: to recover. Um, He will fight seven times next year as well as the Commie Games. Mm. He'll have four fights before he goes to the Games. Far is top of that list. We're in the middle of discussions with four or five fighters who are all unbeaten. Gee, that's a big (laughs) card. Big card. Does unbeaten mean having never fought before? I think so. I think so. Yeah, brand new. Mm -hmm. Debut. Now, Zoo, of course, is... um, an international rival has been confirmed for Gold Coast on November the 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, his, his rival is, of course, Inui from Japan. Yep. Anui uh, will base most of his camp in Japan before arriving in Queensland late October. But late October's not that far away now. It's not. And well, I think
2: he's undefeated too, isn't he, Inui? You know
1: I'm pretty sure. The yeah. WBO number one manda- mandated uh, contender for the Super World Aweight champion, Brian Castano, is putting mm-hmm. putting his ranking and world title shot on the line against Anui. So it's a big, it's a valuable fight yeah. whose only defeat has come uh, undefeated middleweight champion Jamie Mangua uh, and has been talking confidently of taking out the Australia's best fighter. So, the, mm. you know, it's time to put the uh, the uh, talk to bed and get the job done.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that.
1: There's so much
2: good stuff happening in Australian boxing, isn't there?
1: There is. It's just incredible. A golden age, a golden a go- age. It is a golden yeah. age.
2: I, I mean, you think back the days of, you know, Fennec and... Johnny Famichon, really going back. Lionel Rose. We're, but, up,
1: to we're up to that again. we're up to
2: that again.
1: We thought it was going to blossom jo- with... Joe Buckner, of course. Well, Joe Buckner, goes without saying. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we thought the golden Green, and Green and oh, green, oh, green. Remember yeah. those oh, years? Oh, no, they were just wonderful. Wonderful and, and we had, as you pointed out earlier, the um, the fighting primary school teacher in against yes. Manifigayo. That yes. was a huge golden era.
2: Tony Madigan. Tony
1: Madigan. Yeah. yeah. Mean, the, uh, great fight. Rocky and Lucky Gadolari. Oh,
2: Rocky and Lucky. I know. The name said it all. I Why know. can't someone like Cadbury's or Nestle's or someone like that have photo car photos in of their chocolates of great boxes. Australian
1: boxes? Oh, I hadn't thought
2: of and that. And then you get the book and you stick them in. I know, I know. Families what you do. get together. You, I mean,
1: it's. Come over and see what I've got. Oh,
2: yes. Mm. Someone's wondering, HG, uh, with the 17th team coming into the competition, who's going to miss out in Magic Round?
1: Well, that's right. Magic Round has been raised. I mean, imagine that. How do they decide that? They have a, yeah. sort of a draw on the 9 News. I suppose they would. Missing I've,
2: out this year on Magic Round will be...
1: Well, obviously, pretty much always be the Tigers. I suppose. You know, sadly, again, the Tigers <laughs> dip out on Magic <laughs> Round. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, mm. it raises so many issues. Why can't they have two teams? I mean, if we're, if we're running a busted-ass competition, yeah. it won't matter if it's more busted, will it?
2: No, it won't. No, it won't. You mean to get North's in as well as who the, the new Now, can I ask, that was the
1: question I was going to ask earlier. Yeah. You may not know this. Why were North stopped? You know, I know there was the Central Coast Bears and all that sort of stuff and yeah. there was the Northern Eagles or whatever they were called and That's stuff right. like that, but why were they stopped in the first place? Well, um,
2: might have had something to do. Oh, look, I'm not sure, but it might have had something to do with the fact that they hadn't won a game since 1921.
0: <laughs> This is episode 927 of Songs of Praise and Glory, The Hymns of Rugby League. This week's selections by Craig Belliache Bellamy are heard in living stereo on Bludging on the Blind Side. Yes, uh, now,
1: Sam Burgess, of course, has been thrilling... Australia with his performance in uh, the SAS show. The, uh, oh, it's yes. incredible! Incredible. Yeah, incredible! Now, now he um, one of the great things about this did, is did, did Sam choke someone? Is that he, he choked? Yeah, he choked someone. And yeah. of course, this week there was a lot of drama. Pete Murray, mm. the well-known country singer, yes. uh, had to leave because he somebody broke his elbow, and I want to say Alicia Mollick broke his elbow. Did she? I may be what, wrong about that? Deliberately or? Well, it's so hard to know. a weird thing to set out to do. No, I don't think, I don't think she deliberately set, set, set out, out it, to break his it, it was an accident right. in the show. Well, but what drama? Were they the triaking
2: around or was no, it some No, no, no. They, some... they do
1: sort of boxing together and try and, you know, yeah. get the better. And I'm not quite sure how they score the boxing. Yeah. Uh, but Sam now, after that, obviously things move on. I think the uh, SAS show is still on. But right. he's already um, uh, up in... Where's Russell filming this thing? Uh, you know, his, um, his poker face had to, was filming this Russell Crowe's yeah. poker face, was being filmed in the Kiama area, yeah. but COVID shut it down and they've, they've had to move offshore. Is and Sam in this? Sam's in it. Right. Yeah, so the, he's, he's in Thailand working behind the scenes on Russell Crowe's poker face. Right. It's no secret that a lot of professional athletes struggle with their emotions following their the retirement, and Burgess conceded he was no different. Now that comes to the story. Right. He says, for instance, in the start of this, Sam Burgess has come out swinging. Mm. In defence of, ac- uh, of the accusations, his stunning performance on SAS Australia raises questions about his medically forced NRL retirement. So you can get the drift here, is that uh, Burgess, 32, stunned viewers uh, of the hit show with, with his remarkable physical recovery two years after chronic shoulder issues forced him to quit the rabbits. Mm. One season in a four-year contract. It's led uh, some to suggest that there may have been something dodgy about Burgess's retirement that only ultimately saw him a million-a-season wage off, wiped off South Sydney's salary cap. Right. So it's an it, intriguing set it of is, problems. Yeah. Now, Sam said there's no salary cap invasion. He said that uh, he opened up with the most revealing interview yet to promote the uh, Warrior SAS show. SAS Australia show, uh, and uh, about his unbearable pain that led him into retirement. Uh, this is backed up by one of uh, Australia's top sh- shoulder surgeons, yeah. Dr. Daniel Biggs. There was no way, said uh, Dr. Biggs, he could have continued playing. He needed to retire on medical grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh the The fact that Burgess even managed to survive his final season spoke of incredible, spoke of the, you know, his ability to withstand incredible pain. Wow. Most people turn up for treatment far, far earlier than he did. Mm-hmm. He would have been in severe, severe pain. It was depressingly straightforward from my point of view. This is the doc talking. As a soldier, cheapest so, oh, creepers, as a shoulder specialist, uh, that there was nothing I could do. To offer him to allow him continue as a professional footballer. Right. This is when he, the time he was getting. Is the frustrated. shoulder challenge at all
2: in the SAS show? I haven't seen the SAS show. No. What What Sam got to do is he got to? He's got to do a lot of things He's got using training, his shoulder, training and stuff. Isn't it? is not is it yeah. combat? Are you in combat? Look, when he choked someone, wasn't he using his shoulder? Wasn't he
1: being?
2: Wasn't he being hijacked or something, and he had to oh. get out of it? Wasn't he in a car or something and he was being held hostage and he had to try and make an escape and his only way of escaping was, was to choking. choke the
1: driver? <laughs> that sounds fantastic. That could be the
2: case. That, that could well be the case. Now, he said, I mean, imagine, if you're in the back seat of a car and you're being hijacked, you're being held prisoner, your natural instinct is, is to, to choke someone. Choke someone. To get out. Who's driving the car to force them to stop so you can get out. I assume
1: th- that's what Sam did. That'd be a great plot line. Great plot line. You can see it now. Would he yeah. do it with his bare hands or yeah. would he take off his belt and wrap it around the bloke's sure. throat? Sure. Or the driver's throat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. Now you've got me thinking. Right. And meanwhile,
2: he's got the English SAS blokes or whoever they shouting are in his shouting ears. in his ear. You know? Tokyo, <laughs> you little man! Yeah. That sort of stuff. That's right. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's right. Oh, no. To be full on. Would be full on. You don't know, the... you smoke at me. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Don't you smoke, Burgess? Yeah. <laughs> Burgess! Get back in the boot, Burgess. You're not allowed out I'm yet. Yeah. You can't choke until three past three. You want to be a the Burgess? Yeah. <laughs> now. Okay. I don't think we can continue that story. No. Because then we get into the problem of his septic arthritis. Septic arthritis? Yes. Uh, there's no inoculation for septic arthritis. No. A lot of people have it. They don't realise it. God almighty. I
2: don't know what it is, but it sounds pretty bad. I didn't know I had it. He's not signing up for this SAS
1: show again, is he? I hope so. I didn't know I had it, but uh, the pain was unbearable. It was like having battery acid in your joint. Mm. Gee, that would be bad. So the surgeon said, Sam, you can't recover from this. I urge you to retire. I said, don't say that to anyone. Keep that between you and me. Let me, let, Let me go back and see what I can do. And then, of course, um, you know, obviously the time's yeah. getting away from us, so we might have to come back to that at another time. But I love the story of him choking and the, Yeah etc. Now, well, we've I've got a watch this
2: show. You haven't taped it or anything, have you, HG?
1: Oh, you probably watch it on catch-up if you want to. Oh, okay. Uh, look, it doesn't really talk to me. Just a lot of people stand around doing things that I'm not sure quite why. Yeah. Uh, I think
2: I... Alicia Moloch has left the show now.
1: Quite a lot of people have left the show. Yeah. I think Manu was in it and he's left. And Did Manu leave? Was, did Manu yeah, Was Manu right. held captive when he had to out.
2: escape out of a car?
1: Yeah, he had to dig his way out with dig a spoon. Dig his way spoon. out of a moving car with a spoon. <laughs> Man. I know. He smuggled With the a bloke li- shouting at you. <laughs> That's right. What are you doing, Manu? Get yeah. back in there, you stupid clown. That's right.
0: The South Australian School of Minds, the Mind and Brain Foundation, and that clown show, Matthias Corman, all support Rugby League Week. For the full programme, stay tuned to Bludging on the Blindside.
1: And Roy, finally, before we go, just a selection in the matches yourself today. Uh, obviously, the grand finals uh, the yep. one that looms large, and Melbourne haven't oh, won well for that It would be lovely
2: if, if Melbourne broke the hoodoo. Yes, yes. Norm Smith hoodoo. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. What,
1: 65? Yeah, something like 64 years maybe. Could be 164 years really. Sure. No one's alive who could remember it probably. No, no. But the Norman Smith Hoodoo, yes, they gave the award and they stopped winning. Yeah. Now, and in the rugby league. And in the
2: rugby league, I I think. Probably Melbourne will be too strong for Penrith. Mm. Penrith just seem to have lost their. Uh, uh, L- go for it. Luai's lost his magic or something. He has, he has. He's the and one. He, I don't he know. He was if dominant t- coming up to the State of Origin matches, but uh, then
1: fell away. Anyway, and there'll be a special edition of the Rugby League uh, bludging on the Blind Side Grand Final Telethon next uh, Saturday as the final show for the year. In the meantime, keep bludgeon, blindsiders. Bye now